Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm your host today, Ralph May. He's so uh, enthusiastic. We are super excited to be here. I know, actually, I, I brought that <laughs> intro, and I, I really felt down. I, I felt down. You're right. You're right. No, everyone, thanks for uh, joining in. Uh, we actually do have an all-star cast. Ryan, who's not making me sound any better and monotone. I don't know what setting you did on that. Uh, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have Ian on here, uh, who um, coincidentally does this conference uh, besides Orlando. Corey, he just shows up because um, he likes windows. Yeah, nice shirt, dude, actually. Yeah, right. This yeah. is Vaporwave Windows. It says Vaporwave Vapor, Vapor 95. Wave. <laughs> <laughs> it has like Sailor wow. Moon in the like, I don't know. It's oh, it was a, it was one of those like Alibaba $3 shirts that you can't I was going to say, where did you find that? Dude, yeah. you will never find it again. It's one of those things that Alibaba or AliExpress, <laughs> it says like 100 you know, hundred quantity, and then you buy one. And it's like ninety nine, and then it never changes, and then it gets, the listing gets taken down. It's like one uh, person bought this. There's some really other good ones. I would highly recommend investigating on your own. The algorithm will take you down a rabbit hole, and you'll get to the point. I'm not going to say the full name of the shirt, but it was basically like I can only get aroused if the Windows ninety five sound up uh, startup theme is playing. Mm. So it was like it was like very niche. I don't know who was buying that shirt, but maybe some friends did. I don't know. And then uh, we we've got Steve too, who doesn't normally join, but he has made it today. I got uh, nothing else to do. I don't have Steve a job. Steve joins normally. Yeah. <laughs> he he does sometimes. Uh, yeah. Once in a while. Yeah, we're actually right now uh, working on a red team and. Steve's uh he's killing it. He's he's really oh, the best yeah, in the game. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna destroy him. I gotta I gotta get my admin collection cup here, the tier yeah. the tier cup. So um speaking of tiers, uh what news you guys uh articles you guys want to start with today? I heard it was solved all security this weekend. So yeah. um we don't really have a whole lot to talk about, but there's a couple Didn't things. Sisa solve it for everybody. Sisa solved it. Yeah, SZA pretty much oh god. Okay, am I stupid? What is SZA? Exactly. Like someone take. Let's go back to square one. What is this? Compa like compare D this. Department of Homeland Security's uh, information infrastructure security yeah. agency. I mean, okay. it's an acronym soup. They're they're protecting you. From I yourself. see their logo has like a bird with a microchip on its wing, so they must be. <laughs> okay. so the bird with the microchip on the wing is just an epic troll to the fact that birds aren't real they're showing us their drones right now they're mm -hmm. like, <laughs> someone have the goosebumps theme song on uh wait a minute yeah. there's a bird outside my window right now you're saying you're being spied on I'm well i mean obviously you already were but <laughs> now, now that we've brought this up and wondered i, I think this had to do with uh the CISO ordering agencies to fix actively exploited VMware and Chromebooks, which there's... Uh, so they just run around with their hair on fire going, yes. everyone, you're getting hacked. Fix this. Yeah, there's like, yes. And it's like, you have to fix this, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or they had, Well, they had two, right? So it was this one. And because I just, if you go back to where you were just at, there I was saw OT and SCADA, for yeah. an IoT or SCADA yeah. stuff too, which is another activity. article we have. Schneider Electric PLCs, Omron, yeah. SysMac, Next PLCs. You know. Well, how? Raise your hand if you've seen a PLC on the internet on a test. And it's one is too many, right? I mean, I mean it's just, it's <laughs> I've seen an HMI. I don't think I've seen a full on PLC. <laughs> Well, they're there. Yes, it's uh, critical that you a don't put them on the internet and b patch them. But isn't the internet them. decentralized and reliable for communications? That sounds perfect for OC or OT. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, see, is. if you put them together on the internet, then they can talk to each other. 
Oh, so you have to you have to put them publicly facing. Yeah, I actually need to do that because <laughs> my boss is really writing me that this plant isn't working. This yeah, is right. like the who's who's of like basic vulnerabilities here: directory transversal. What is it? Uh, SQL injection. So I mean, basically, does CISA just run really big Nessus scans and then just actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> yes, they do. There is a program that you can sign up for um, with CISA, and they will scan your network uh, externally on a revolving. We are watching weekly, daily, or whatever. Org. Giving <laughs> them until May six to fix this stuff. What happens then if they don't hack fix it and they'll patch hack it for them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have precedent for that. Don't get me wrong. It's crazy, but there is. What was yeah. it? it was, uh, the exchange one, Exchange Marauder. The mm-hmm. FBI logged in and was like, yeah, we'll fix it for you. It's like, hey, thanks. That, um, then that means you just don't have to do anything. You just wait. and The guy who goes to you. jail for like writing a worm that fixes itself is like, probably, he's like, come on, guys. I was come trying. On. I did my best. <laughs> so basically if you have vulnerable ot or vmware devices fix them as if anyone didn't need reminding of that oh, wild deb appears uh the uh i think these ones too were like saying they're being actively exploited like you know not just i, I don't know so, sometimes there's cves mm-hmm. that are just kind of like more like hey i mean this could be bad could be bad if like 14 things were like perfectly in line and then the stars aligned it was also on a sunday and the moon was perfect so but these are like being actively exploited in the wild, which yes. means we don't really know what that means, but DEF CON mm. 2? Yeah, POCs inbound. <laughs> POCs inbound. <laughs> to go back to go back to one of the earlier questions, the, the CISA agency, though, for those who maybe are tuning in on YouTube and are like, okay, these guys seem to see CISA and are just another government agency. But again, there are way too many government agencies, don't get me wrong, but but one of the key things they do is a lot of public-private partnership to say, okay, we're not going to give you access directly into you know, the NSA or the FBI, but we can function as as a bridge. So, you know, Chris Krebs came out of that agency famously in 2020. Uh, it was fired by some somebody via tweet. Uh, but, <laughs> and uh, they do a lot of this publishing. One of the things I found that companies like about it, big organizations is getting those alerts because they can use that as a trigger and they can say, okay, if CISA says this is important and we're understaffed, if we just focus on these things, at least maybe we'll avoid being in the news. So that's the way a lot of organizations are using it now. They do some mm-hmm. cyber triage, basically kind of deal where it's like, this is really bad. It's not just that SSL version two enabled thing that you've been ignoring for the right. last two years. <laughs> right. Oh, I cool. would never. Uh, was it white cyber cyber duck there? I would never make fun of of Jenny Sterling. Uh, they would beat me up, um, and I one deserve it and would have no chance. <laughs> well, yeah, they have an army of birds with microchips inside of them. That's right. <laughs> those like, birds were more expensive than you think. It, it's, the it's science, man. <laughs> it's a real deal. A wild Alex appears. What do we do? Do we, do we have options? Can we do dialogue or should we attack? <laughs> attack Alex? I don't know. When someone says a wild something appears, I... <laughs> he's right there. You don't see him. Like, is this a turn-based strategy game now? I'm so confused. A wild Alex used... I think he's still trying to get his audio working. <laughs> yeah. <A> wild, <laughs> wait, hear us. It, it hurt itself in its own confusion. Wait a minute. Is Alex at SZA right now? I mean, look yeah, at that backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everyone. Welcome. How's SZA? Does it smell good? 
Cinnabon? Do they have a Cinnabon? Do they have do a they, Cinnabon in the cafe? Do they have one of those little like air aerosol cans that like auto spray every like you know five minutes? You know, <laughs> those are the worst, man. Yeah, dude. Oh god, man. I stand at one of my friends' places which had that, and every fifty minutes thing without the scares the shit. I mean, it's like what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah, no, those are the worst. So. uh I mean, I guess we've picked enough on SZA. So patch your stuff. If yeah. you use them as triage, it's bad. Your people are bleeding out in the field. In the field? They're dying. This is like, this is World War One too. I mean, this is bad. This is trench warfare. So patch your stuff. APTs uh, are in the mix. So you know it's bad. APTs. You guys want to talk about uh, Russia and the Ukraine? Actually, I actually had two things I want to talk about. So one, they, uh, they're, uh, Russia's getting a little upset about the satellites. Because mm-hmm. in essence, the comms are just kind of, I don't, I don't Russia's just upset about everything because they just can't win right now. Um, they can't drive tanks. They're, I mean, farmers are their worst enemy. Anyways, but satellites also happen to be a big issue for them. And uh, they're trying to jam GPS. They're trying to jam everything. So don't it, they have like a sa- space force trying to shoot lasers at sea? Like, <laughs> I know. You know the other one too is that they 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 said that they are going to start launching attacks on the Starlink satellites because they're using mm-hmm. those right to communicate right. So basically, Elon is in a panic right now, trying yeah. to get a bunch of new satellites ready to go. Yeah, yeah, and so I don't know how you're going to shoot down a Starlink sat. Aren't they like micro satellites? I think they, they just burn out yeah. the sensors. If I had to guess, they're, I would doubt they're actually going to use kinetic. What, Maybe. shoot freaking laser beams at them? I would laser guess. <laughs> Sharks with laser beams? Right. Sharks with laser beams? Yeah, Space I mean, they're sharks? moving pretty quick. I mean, like, how many rock? I don't know. I don't know if a rocket could catch it. I right? mean, dude, like, at this point, based on what we've seen from Russia's military, they're probably just going to send up Sputnik. <laughs> they're going to be like, we have a hundred Sputniks. Just send them up and hope they block the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god. Uh, I just have a cosmonaut with an AK. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just they just literally have soldiers shooting up into the sky with AK. <laughs> just like we're going to hit one. We just have to shoot enough. Just enough. I don't know if that's how space works, but I, sure. <laughs> you know, I I do your own research. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I'm imagining so, to oh go ahead. So I was going to roll into the next one, but if you got something to say, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, no, all I was going to say was, uh, uh, given also what I've seen from from them, I can imagine like a meeting with Putin, like, okay, we're going to deploy most advanced cyber weapon, uh, space tanks. It has worked. We pull out the uh, playbook, <laughs> space tank, we entrench in space mud, and <laughs> entrench in we space run out of space gas immediately. <laughs> space gas. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, speaking of Russia, right, the Conti ransomware group. Oh, I love them. It's pretty prevalent, right? Okay. And it turns out that they may actually have like an HR department, uh, performance reviews, employee of the month. Who would have oh, guessed? Right? Do they get a parking spot? You, like, you get like ransomer of the month. You get uh, <laughs> like a gear, like, you know, some encryption stuff. I don't know. Little, I mean, how is this group even still going? I guess they're like possibly Russian. I don't know. I How's mean, still going well. Clearly, they've got HR. They've got yeah. <laughs> what do they have to like? They have cyber insurance. When they got breached, they were like doing. They did like a cyber insurance claim. They're like, we need we need a stimulus payment to continue operating because we just got breached. Um, it was an yeah. insider. It's always an insider. It's always an insider. What I think is interesting though is they they got all this from leaks and they've been a victim mm-hmm. of their own kind of crime, right? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. 
I mean, I've listened to enough Darknet Diaries to know that, like, in the criminal circles, like, they're so untrusting of each other. And so, like, <laughs> they're just, like, doxing each other while they're on a gig together. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't right. hack the client. I hacked you. And you. now I'm going to steal all your Bitcoin. You know, you know we said 50-50. Well, now it's not. Now it's 100 me, zero you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that. That, oh, that's not and, surprising. We've talked and, before about the whole, you know, ransomware region of the world. They, they, it's, they've they've gone legit. I mean, they had ransomware as yeah. a service a couple of years ago, right? They're basically like, <laughs> you know, you you pay them twenty bucks, they ransomware, and I, I like the one. I like how they're they're fining their employees for lack of performance. <laughs> right, Ralph. I'm sorry, but we gotta, you know, we gotta dock your pay this month because you didn't get that fish landed on that red team. Ooh, Ooh. man, gotta try. Who are they even hiring? Like, who wants to work for Conti at this point? Like, you might as well just go legit. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what the benefits were like. Do you think they got healthcare? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you make a really solid point. You know, you think about, like their whole reason to do crime is to avoid like having to do annual training and all yeah that. yeah <laughs> Dude, they have to go through fishing awareness training and yeah. <laughs> also you know if they are qualified there's probably a company that'll write a pretty significant salary check to you know but yeah i mean i think it's also funny like you gotta wonder like did they was their plan to like we gotta get healthcare so we'll breach a healthcare company and then ransom them like give us full coverage or we'll More. release your documents <laughs> <laughs> really makes like, you wonder how many people are working for Conti at this point. Like when uh, they're putting I, all these resources mm. together, like that's. If sizable. you go on LinkedIn, it says two hundred. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Good question. Well, weird. We yeah. just Conti is listed in the Fortune 500 now. This is one. Yeah. Conti's in the Fortune 500. Yeah, you can find out how many people that. work there. So we I guess they call the PR or the PR department. They got one of those too. Does that mean that they hit Fortune? And they asked to be put on the fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to see that yeah. now. I want to see like a Gartner quadrant from ransomware groups. Like these are innovators in the field. They're really changing the dynamic market space of ransomware. I, I, yeah, I do, really. I do think it's interesting though, because I mean, obviously this just shows that like, this is a real business, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I know like the funny things that we've said, like healthcare and other things. Right. But like, you know, that they are operating in that sense and, you know, to attract uh, and to keep their quality up, I guess. I mean, mm. like you, you sort of, I mean, if you run it just like the, you know, like, um, uh, the wild west, right. You're, you're going to lose some of the control to keep moving forward. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, how are your, your operators are just going to take the money that they, yeah, yeah. that they it's, ransom. Right. So yeah. if you're in charge of the operation, you want that to come to you. So you got to have incentive and I guess, you know, performance hits if you don't <laughs> ransom yeah. or something too. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's so weird. I mean, I think Ian nailed it basically saying like, doesn't this take away the whole reason of being a black hat? Like the whole, <laughs> the whole point is like, so you don't have to, sh you know, the the classic like hacker movie stereotype, you know, you live in your mom's basement, you sleep until 1 no, p.m. every that's day. That's the perfect cover, man. It's just like the movie hackers. Somebody can come, your mom can come in and say, go to bed, Joey, or what are you doing up so late? It's all right. I'm taking over a TV network, <laughs> right? But you really are. It's perfect cover, right? Work from perfect home, get cover. those perks. I don't know if law enforcement like does the whole reverse psychology thing super well. <laughs> <laughs> mm, speaking of law enforcement,
the hacker community lost a uh, a big form recently. Uh, raid forms mm. is gone. It was kind of known that they were. Um, it was it was suspected that the raid forms were already under control by a government agency, and then recently, um, one of the um, uh, suspects was arrested. Uh, I can't. I don't remember exactly where it was, but and of course they were like 16 or something when they started it and mm -hmm. they made millions of dollars or so is this one of those things they seized the domain or they actually took down the operation they seized the Both. domain and then they arrested some people yeah hmm. yeah the classic like targeted strike where they do everything all at once yeah. and all that kind of thing yeah i mean i will say raid forms i mean definitely i get why it was taken down because you can't just be like i just hacked someone buy their mm -hmm. credentials from me and have that be a legitimate forum but mm -hmm. it definitely had i mean i used it to get leaks from like a white hat perspective there's definitely yeah. um you know seeing what the public can see like that you know it's definitely interesting to see like there have been groups already that have archived all the data and are like posting it so mm -hmm. you know it's, it's like kind of a weird thing where it's like as a white hat, how can we get access to this kind of data and not have it be illegal it's so weird but yeah um, yeah. yeah, because you, you and sometimes your clients ask for that, right? What what is our presence on the dark web, or you know, what, yeah, what kind of yeah, stuff yeah, do yeah, we yeah. have out there? And if it's out there for public consumption um, by threat actors, you know, why at some point we should have that to inform our clients and things like that. Hey, yes, your stuff is out here. Fix this. Here's these creds that were leaked, things like that. But at some point, there's like a balance, right? You don't want to be paying. Right. You're you know, funding. Yeah. You're funding, funding malicious actors. actors. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, it's tough. Yeah. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's not surprising. It's, it was high profile. They had, yeah. I honestly, I mean, be, looking into the leak community or the hacking community, I think what a lot of the other sites have said is that the raid forums allowed like government breaches and basically they allowed data sets or hacks on the site that other sites don't allow. Like, OPM breach was on there, voter databases, other things that like attract the eye of big governments. Um, so, you know, raid forums, I guess, classic, right? It's mm -hmm. the classic story of like, if you have no rules and no, you know, limitations on what people can do, then you're going to be targeted. And the OPM breach was on there. I thought that never got released. I thought that was straight China, dude. Maybe not OPM, but yeah, I don't think it was OPM. Basically, but there was stuff, though. basically what I so yeah, so basically the they had no rules against posting government data sets, yeah. which a lot of other hacking forums do have rules that you can't post like no government data sets, no law enforcement data sets, etc. So obviously, if you're going after the people that are investigating you, they're going to pri prioritize your case. Like, yeah. I mean, if they're doxing the people that are on their case and you know. in other news raid forms two launched last week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this time yeah. on tour i don't know this time <laughs> much more secure they're using uh, a new bulletin board system <laughs> yeah i think what's next i mean the thing that sucks is it's going to move away from decent uh, from centralized and it's going to move to like telegram and stuff like yeah. that where it's totally yeah. decentralized it's just groups of like nuclear groups of people sharing this information Mm -hmm. which i guess is bad for threat intel people but yeah good for opsec <laughs> <laughs> is what it is you guys want to talk about that uh github stuff uh the credential yeah thingy stuff. Oh, off access tokens everyone's screwed 
No, you're all messed. Yeah, we're actually on a red team right now, finding credentials in GitHub. It's a common practice, right? And the researcher from, uh, where was it? Oh, no, this is... Uh, no, no, this is... Um, this is different. I was thinking about the researcher yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that found all the the creds and everything and GitHub and reported it. To oh, oh, yeah, that, that was another one. We could talk about both, mm -hmm. actually. You want to talk about that one first? Yeah, I just can't recall. It was uh, if anybody out there on the on the show remembers which organization found it. Um, I think it was X Force, maybe. Was that from yeah, uh, I, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. I think did you guys already talked about that. I don't. But, uh, did, it rolled into this, I guess. Yeah the the other one was I think it was just finding it in like commit histories and other things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, stuff that you think you had deleted. By the way, if you ever accidentally post something on GitHub and uh whatever it is like and you know that it's been accidentally posted just delete the whole repo that's the only way to get rid of it yeah <laughs> no, i just put a commit over it yeah no, no don't <laughs> just, just just destroy the whole thing yeah. right and then just assume that you need to reset that credential uh yeah so, so for for the story mm -hmm. that we're currently covering apparently someone abused stolen oauth user tokens issued to third-party oauth integrators heroku and travis ci to download data from orgs like npm uh so basically it's kind of one of those things where it's like be on be on high alert if you use those in auth integrations uh maybe roll some tokens revoke some access mm -hmm. Um, and well, what's what's interesting also is that um, a lot of organizations don't realize that like they hire a consultant or a developer to do work and they'll put that stuff on GitHub yeah. and they'll never like the organization will never know about it because it's not on their repo. Right. It's on the developer's repo who just maybe was 1099 or something like that. So, you know, you have to look, you have to actually search and go out there and look for more than just in your own repository. Yeah, so they went after some private repos, and they also um, apparently grabbed some keys that could be used in, like, supply chain attacks, like mm -hmm. modifying NPM repositories or things like that. So I'm sure that they're monitoring those repos closely, but I guess it's also kind of the discussion to kind of have probably is, like, is GitHub private good enough for most organizations, or should they self-host their code base? I don't know. But well, I don't... I, I think that those keys i don't think they were on private repos I, they I think specifically say that um the threat actor may be analyzing the downloaded private repository contents from victim entities using those so they basically like oh are yeah compromising. using those keys yeah 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 using those oauth tokens mm -hmm. yeah. so like they're go they get access to the account and then they go through their private repos which makes yeah. sense yeah no absolutely but Absolutely. I mean, it brings up a discuss. Yeah, it's like if you self-host it, there's the security. You know, GitHub. Would you even notice if you self-hosted GitLab and it got popped? Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, at least you, you know, maybe it's one of those things. Totally. Uh, uh, honey creds. Put some honey stuff in honey there. Honey creds. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny because like you see an OAuth token or some other like you know um, API key or whatever, and the entropy is really really high and the length is super high. So you're like, mm -hmm. this is you know impossible for someone to you know get, but that because of that like false sense of trust, you let it exist for long periods of time mm -hmm. where, you know, in a more like ideal world for identity access management, you should be rotating those keys, even at some kind of interval, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that you don't necessarily rely on something that's in a code forever. So. And scanning your own repositories, there's tools out there you can use uh, 
get Rob, uh, get got <clears throat> truffle hog, uh, truffle hog from truffle security actually has, I think an enterprise license now where you can <clears throat> continuously scan your own repos and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Canary tokens that Ian posted is a great, that's an awesome, yeah. yeah you want to, oh, yeah, yeah. are you guys oh, yeah, using, I was going to let you run with it, but yeah, no, the, uh, it, canary tokens has an AWS API key token, and I've seen mm-hmm. that used where when you've got third-party contractors or whatnot, you you know give them a code base, say here, oh, and don't touch this section of code, just leave it there, and then you know that can be your quote canary that they've put it in some other GitHub repository. Somebody's running it. When you see that fire, you say, okay, that leaked from that contractor. Mm-hmm. That leaked. so you can set up as many of these as you need or want. I've seen that be, you know, at least something. It's not, you know, fail safe, but sure. yeah, no, I mean, defense you know, in depth, right? You gotta, you gotta layer your part alert, of it alert than nothing, right? So, do those tokens <laughs> alert on usage, or are they just like because that you could also put one of those tokens in a private repo, and then if it gets sucked down and used, then you can, mm-hmm. you know, freak out. Yeah, you can, yeah, then you can exactly, exactly freak out. Is it, it's the token provides you with a set of eight. You know, leave them in private code repositories. Leave them on a developer's machine. Mm-hmm. That stumbles on the keys. They try to run it. You get an alert. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally not a canary token. I can that. tell you the the real defense is just like when Log4j happened. The defense was just don't log anything, and then you'll never be vulnerable. If you write <laughs> crappy enough code, if you write crappy enough code, no one will want to steal it. That's what I generally try to do. Mm-hmm. so that's why i don't fork anything from your repo okay. yeah yeah thanks <laughs> uh, yeah i'm waiting for the real bad guys to do that mm. all right there's another article we didn't talk about this one i think last week but uh first malware targeting aws lambda functions mm. uh, so this was in hacker news and I, I don't know this is definitely i think we're going to see more of this with serverless computing becoming more popular uh as the years go on but The uh, AWS Lambda function, uh, if you're not aware, is serverless. I'm going to use air quotes here. Um, In essence, what it's doing is running an EC2 instance for like a short time period. And um, it's it's kind of definitely susceptible to attacks. Uh, When I say it's definitely susceptible, I mean like there's a lot of it that is like running in a short period of time. And we don't necessarily know all the attack surfaces for something like serverless computing. So So wait, uh, you can use things for c2 that's b- unbelievable dude i cannot believe that <laughs> i can't believe it. <laughs> that, I, I i don't believe you yes i know i know well i mean you can run any code you want on there so it's actually cheap but yeah now we're targeting it i think they actually did something else for lambda url simplify setting up an aws lambda endpoint Something else I saw where they're um, letting you configure URLs with your functions. So it might be like a possible redirector. Um, mm, yeah. Anytime we can use the cloud, way. that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, right. Yeah, because <laughs> CloudFront costs so much money. It's like three cents for engagement. <laughs> I can't afford it, man. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, so this one that's on the screen now is one that I wanted to talk about Mas- making phishing great again because initial access is like the bane of all of our existences and most part in phishing is too since it's part of that. Uh, so this is a method to create a VSTO office file, which is basically in Visual Studio, you can create this Word document and you can create an add-in and can uh, compile it all together and make a payload out of it to uh, to fish a user with. And then maybe they'll uh, run it. You'll get code executed and then get your C2 channel into the network. 
right? So that's how this document kind of works. But there are some dependencies. So I was wondering if um, anybody's familiar with this kind of attack. It looks like you have to host like the DLL and the manifest and some of the things like that, kind of like a click once. You have to put it on the web somewhere in a trusted location, I guess. Uh, so I'm wondering if you could use something like Fody um, and weave this stuff together or IL, um, combine it so it's all one payload and you don't have to host those DLLs out there. Might make it a little more impactful. But this is a kind of a scary new technique in the fact that you don't get the macro um, alerts that you typically would, right? Um, because uh, this isn't a macro. Mm. And you can also sign these add-ins as well. Can you disable this feature or is it just on no matter what? You know, that's a good question. I would uh, make a general assumption that you might be able to do it through group policy or maybe attack surface reduction rules, something like that. But uh, nothing that I'm, I know specifically of. I, I think you said group policy. Uh, you can disable all application add-ins. Mm. Uh, it will get marked at the web. Okay. So you sure. Still so maybe still in an ISO we have seen, and this may be another thing to talk about a little bit is ISO files, right? Um, Microsoft put out a tweet or somebody from Microsoft put out a tweet this weekend saying that they've basically made a, a workaround to the ISO problem, which is you can download a file um, with an ISO extension. You can have a file inside of that container and that file does not get mark of the web. So that means that you it doesn't get blocked by the operating system when you download it and um, get smart screened. So you can have somebody uh, open this ISO file. It automatically mounts to like your E drive or your D drive or whatever, and it pops open and they have the files located in that drive right in front of their face. So if you fish somebody with that, um, you can put documents in there, PDFs, executables, whatever you want, and they don't get that smart screen filter. So Microsoft is trying to combat that and make it so that um, when you download an ISO file, you can't mount it or it gives you warnings, things like that. But they just came out with that. It's in preview. I say we've still got a good two years of ISO files. Just like, <laughs> you know, like in 2015, oh, PowerShell's dead. Oh, PowerShell 5, uh, script lock logging, all this good stuff. You know, great. Yes, great. We're improving, but it's not dead. Orgs still have to implement it and things like that, right? So um, just something to keep an eye on. If you're an organization out there and you're not familiar with ISOs, take a look at that. Mark of the web, all that good stuff. This VSTO documentation kind of blends in with all that. Have you looked at, because I'm, I'm skimming through this article now, and they're talking about the code signing certificate being trusted. Mm -hmm. Have you looked at that? At all? Is it relying on the trusted updater code signing certificate? Or it would seem there's a dependency there on making sure that your target has a code signing certificate that is trusted. Am I reading that wrong? So I don't think it's cert it's not validating the certificate. It's looking specifically in that trusted publisher's store. Which is right. like it just means the certificate chain, right? So if you, uh, if you're uh, if you're on the certificate chain, you're trusted. You should be trusted. So um, not like are like you sure or things like that. But if you have like you purchased a code signing certificate and you sign it from like a a trusted party, it's wherever it should end up in there, right? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would I, I would definitely validate that. I'm not sure if there's a difference between the trusted publisher's specific certificate store for office add-ons or if they're if it does actually use the like public chain like steve's saying i'm not really sure right because this this refers to just being uh trusted by the target machine it doesn't really say well no know, it says specifically the trusted current user trusted publisher certificates which is like a specific path in the registry 
or in the certificate store. I don't know. Right. And I think that has the root certs in it. And then anything down from that chain should be trusted. I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah, yeah. it would be good to, to look into a little more. It's a, it's a pretty scary attack path. And again, any other initial access vector that we have is kind of expanding our attack presence or our attack uh, surface. So there's some red team out there. It's like, come on, who we were yeah. using this for years yeah. and it was yeah. working great. Now some guys write a medium post about it. And, we're and now screwed. everyone's never everyone, everyone's on our tail. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we're here for, right? Uh, those of us that are in offensive security, right? We got to improve the defense. So, yeah. Uh, most of us on this side of the house are pretty much let's open source things and put things out there so the defenders can protect against it. So, these blog posts like this help out because somebody could have been using this, like you said, for years and yeah. nobody really was tracking it. And um, I think you're right that, that it's, it's going to stick around for a while because the fixes mm-hmm. don't seem too great. You can right. disable all add-ins with GPO, which would disable like your phishing reporting add-in, your Grammarly add-in, your export to printer add-in. All that stuff would get nuked. So no one. Signs the one that shuts you down at any org. They're like, right. wait, DocuSign yeah. integration doesn't what? work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so no. that's not happening. Yeah. At least not on endpoints. Yeah. And then the other one is the whole trusted publishers thing, which just a, amongst a group of five people we can't figure out if it's you know like i'm sure if you look at it on a domain level it's like okay well well this computer has this signing certificate and then you have the issue of like okay what if it's an internal ca and the internal ca gets compromised and it's valid for 30 years and all that stuff you know if you have Mm -hmm. da and then you can just fish the rest of the org or whatever so but yeah watch out for vistos not for photo editing that's a different app (laughs) but a visco visto crossover fish definitely should <laughs> put it in. i'm putting that in my hopper definitely we want to keep talking about fishing what do we got why you uh, you got some bait yeah i'll click anything send it to me <laughs> but, uh, so there's a tweet inside of the uh the news post that got some some traction and there's a few other things that are there but that that tweet went out over the weekend or maybe it was friday and it was my university just sent ste- uh, mm. a thing, a fishing exercise, essentially. It's $7,500 in, in tuition assistance. And you can imagine what the reaction from most of the InfoSec Twitters are. And, and I saw that and was like, we've mm. we got to talk about that because we got to stop this. Nonsense. Well, I mean, we've got, all right, ethics, right? We have to abide no. by some level of ethics on this offensive side of the house. So... Mm-hmm cold calling somebody at an organization saying, Hey, your kid just died at school. Can you click this fish? You know, you're not going to go that far. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a line somewhere, right? We're not, we can pull at heartstrings, try to get people to click on things a little bit. Hey, like I've done it. Like I've stood up fake charities and things like that um, to get them to um, fake donate, even though they're not donating real money and stuff like that, but click on my link, go to my 5k. So, I mean, what you're not running a 5k. You sent me that. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> right. So we do targeted fishes and things like that. But at the same time, come on. I mean, I'm wondering if this was a paid for service that did this or if this was like an in-house fish. I mean, I would Somebody say on the, on the staff. I, I, I mean, I would say that I wouldn't want to be the person that clicked send. However, <laughs> if your goal is to emulate brutal real attacks that do happen, that kind of stuff does happen and does work so it's like i wouldn't say it's necessarily unethical i would say it's a pr disaster Mm -hmm. um but it definitely i think would fall into you know 
one of those things that's like students should know that this kind of thing would be the exact ruse that a real attacker would use to steal their information. So, I mean, it makes the university look bad, <laughs> but yeah, right. um, well, it's similar. It's akin to, um, what would we say business email compromise, right? Where you're basically saying, Hey, pay me this money or something like that. I don't know. But to me, it, it sounds a little bit like that, but maybe not. Yeah, I think there's a bigger a bigger problem at play though, and, and there was a story from a few weeks ago that we didn't cover about it was 25 percent of uh, employees have said that they know someone or were someone that was fired because they they made a, a security mistake, mm. and and I've been in organizations where I've left because we did a phishing exercise, we made it abundantly clear that. Nobody gets fired for this. Nobody gets disciplinary action. Nobody gets any of this stuff. And all this kind of stuff is doing this that's on the screen and the $7,500 one. Yeah, criminals can do that. They can call up and we, we've seen the scams that say, uh, you know, your your grandson or granddaughter has been arrested and and we can get them out of jail. And if it goes any further, we you know, we need seven grand to, you know, grease some wheels and whatnot. And of course they can do that. But if we do that, if we do that, we completely lose the trust of the people that we try and protect. Anything mm -hmm. from here's a bonus or a holiday party or whatnot uh, to let's say somebody does get fired for clicking on those links. Do you think they're ever going to report a fish ever again or do yeah. anything? No, they're going to they're going to do be like those security folks are out to get you, you know. So it just drives me nuts when I see things like this because there's about 200 better ways to do it and test the controls than to say, ah, I gotcha. You were desperate because things were going wrong and thought you were getting 7,500 bucks. Like, come on. Is that right. You could have, you could have just informed people like, Hey, here's a screenshot of a scam that's going around. Beware. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Instead of causing you know, mass panic. I think the other thing that we kind of, you know, touched on a little bit earlier was like what the relationship was, whether it was, DIY, if they did it themselves, if they mm -hmm. hired someone else to do it. I will say, I think from a consulting perspective, sometimes we're put in a tough place of uh, an organization will say, well, we expect a 40% click rate or above, or we'd really like to see you get above an 80% click rate, or they get focused on the numbers. They want, they like a lot of times organizations will push you into doing something like this that's kind of a gotcha, like, mm -hmm. like Ian was saying, like more of a, like, haha, like you look bad kind of thing. So it's kind of as a consulting organization, we have to be careful what we are willing to do and that we do have these like, you know, boundaries or, you know, I think that conversation, like Ian was saying, like, this is going to do more harm than good. This is going to alienate your user base. It's also going to alienate your board, not to mention, you know, if people get mad at you in the public eye, it's going to cost you more than a real fish. Like, right. So I, I definitely think it's interesting, like that. We don't know the relationship, obviously, of what, you know, mm. whether they hired Fish Me or whether they, you know, did it themselves or whatever. But yeah, it's like an interesting kind of relationship where you have certain people pushing for certain things and they're probably trying to do good. Like if you want, if you look at metrics of a phishing assessment, you would want it to do well. You'd want to have a high click rate. However, <laughs> not at the cost of your users, you know, good faith and trust. And right. that's every blue team has to deal with that, where it's like you do want your people to say, I messed up. Like, it's like the whistleblower thing. You know, you don't want to be like anyone who says anything that falls out of line gets immediately 
fired. Like you're not, mm-hmm. your company is going to be corrupt in like five years. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's a sad thing to see when you go do a security assessment, right. And you're trying to help out the company and they end up firing staff because of things like that or things that you did. Oh, you know, you fished this user, or they had a crappy password or whatever that, you know, they had a misconfiguration. It's just, um, I think it's the wrong mindset, right? We have to be working together as a team and proactive and, and kind of combating this stuff together instead of pointing fingers and, I mean, I think you could even just honestly like a dramatization of like, you know, like Steve said, not necessarily, I mean, you could obviously just say, here's a screenshot of like an active phishing campaign, be careful, but Mm -hmm. you could also do a dramatization of like, you know, make a fake video of like, oh, okay, I I open my email, I see an email, I click it, and then like just run through all the crazy stuff that can happen and let people see what that actually looks like. You don't have to do mm-hmm. it for real. Like you can, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you can make a movie about war and people be afraid of war. You don't have to actually be like, all right, you're going to the front lines. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've like, actually done that for large government organizations, done webinars and webcasts of phishing, like doing a live fish right against myself or a coworker, basically, but um, fishing and showing it on the webcast. And hey, here's what it looks like when you download the document, you open it up, you enable macros, blah, blah, blah. They see it all. We um, were talking about that being a reality TV show, like, you know, fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Tiger Team is back? Yes. Yes. Oh, no, you have to, like, how about that? Fish, uh, fish like your uh, relative or something. And the thing is, will they click the link? You never know. <laughs> click that link. Yes. Oh, click that. Steve Harvey. If, if you fish somebody, <laughs> yeah, you get paid. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Shark Tank intro. I'm yeah. totally picturing it now. It's yeah. like, only it's Fish Tank. It's like, this fish came for the pretext that they are going to offer and uh, get an offer from a Nigerian prince. Let's mm-hmm. see what our fish tankers say. <laughs> <laughs> and it like loads up a desktop of like a lady that has like a thousand icons. Oh, she's yeah. going to click it. She's, gonna oh, click yeah. it. Oh, she's <laughs> totally going to click. 100% <laughs> click rate here. Yeah. So I guess she's drawing P- pictures with her icons. To wrap it up with a PSA, don't do this. or if you do prepare to lose your job (laughs) or or, today's tax day are you going to be making a fish related to any of the financial documents related to this no that's a protected stuff which you can't be really messing with and b like yes you're going to get clicks on that but somebody mentioned like oh i got 100 click rate on my campaign what does that tell you people clicked on the thing which you expected to click the point of phishing campaigns is to basically evaluate where your people's level is. Is it like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a free prize, and people go click on that, then you know you've got a problem. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to impersonate the IRS and stuff, like then go click on it. It's like, yeah, I'd honestly hope they click on it because you know, it's the IRS. That's fraudulent. You shouldn't be doing that. But it's not helpful to your company to be knowing that. You have mm-hmm. to find that balance between this is going to provide good education for our users and also going to provide an accurate judgment of where our company's readiness is in terms of these phishing attacks. Mm-hmm. It's not awareness at all costs. It's not like police break into people's houses to show that, that you know you should be aware there's home yeah. break-ins. Like they don't, you should they have don't, better security. You they just throw a door in. They throw a break through the wall. Hey, just so you know, break-ins are increasing in your area. Like that's not okay. Fire trucks driving around lighting buildings on fire. Now you should be aware when you see this fire and your house is burning. <laughs> yeah, your like, dog may be in trouble i don't know <laughs> yeah they're like like in that moment you became very aware that that was a thing mm-hmm. but that was not worth the cost of admission <laughs> yeah. yeah i, I really i want to do one, one note i want to say on 
what you said about the, and there's everyone keep talking about awareness and education, but what you said is the most important part is that you get a client that says, we want to do this. You have to develop the tact and the nuance to say, okay, that, I mean, that would absolutely be effective and we can, we can try that. But, but based on our experience, here's some other scenarios that are just as effective but might not put you in a situation where you've got employees that are upset or what's going on. And, and you'll either learn that that client is, they, they just don't know. They, they're like, oh, we get to play bad guys. We get to play with the, you know, the, the hackers today, which I, I hear a lot. They're like, oh, we get to do this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they just think there's no old bard. But if you then explain to them like, no, we should really do it this way. And here's why. And that's a great idea. And you'd be a great criminal. Like, tell them that you'd be a great criminal. But here's what we want to do that would do the same thing. And they'll go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not just user education. It's client education. You have to teach them as well. And I, that's a Corey... I mean, just an excellent point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were going to go the route of like brutal, no holds barred, take do a like real spear fit, like do pay, take a few people to approach them beforehand and be like, hey, you know, there's some like you're going to see some things like or we we're not going to hold you accountable, that kind of thing. Like do it on a more targeted individual basis if you have those kinds of individuals. But yeah, I mean, really, I think a lot of our clients do rely on us for our expertise. And we can say, look at this tweet. Do you want to look like this? <laughs> you know, like we could or we could say, like, in our experience, if you lose the trust and goodwill of your employee base, that does way more damage than it says to mm -hmm. your, you know, do you really need that funding for that new email gateway? Well, if you lost your users, you lost like a huge chunk of your security program. That's like half of the security program is users reporting things and being security aware. And well, you know, if so. you had a thousand users click on this phishing email and they all went yep. to the phishing portal, why does your email gateway suck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, we're going to go full, like full, like you said, no holds barred first. You kidnap the CEO's family. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. That's where you start. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you put them in the trunk, the everybody. I mean, yeah, I mean, right. yeah. I mean you go too. you go full grid wall on crying wife. Click on the link. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. No holds barred is a joke. That's true. That yeah. like we need to get that out there that like the concept <laughs> the concept of actually simulating what a real criminal could do is fun when it's like A V signatures. Not yeah. so great when it's like, all right, we have your son. Send fifty thousand dollars yeah, in Bitcoin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's actually real ransomware. <laughs> Remember that we took off the where. We're just going for regular ransomware. Yeah, you went a little bit out of scope on that one. <laughs> Oof, just blew right by that. We're just uh, about efficiency and optimization here. Ransomware, too long, too many syllables. Trim it back. <laughs> Well, we oh. got to go back to the old school, right? That The new school stuff. Yeah. My friends are insurance, but do you have ransom insurance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys want to talk about Elon? You? Yeah. Is he my Twitter overlord yet? Or? Yes, he's your Twitter overlord. No, no. he's so, not. But he, the, all right, so I'll bring up the, the headline catch here. If you don't know, he's trying to buy Twitter because, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But he wants to <laughs> make it open source. He says it should be open source. What do you guys think about that? Well, like, he care? says, okay, first of all, he says a lot of things. That's true. That's true. This is a chunk. It, let's debate whether the 
Twitter algorithm should be open source. Then we yes, can talk that, about. Let's no, kind of like focus on we, besides we, like whether he's going to actually deliver the cyber. We right, should do this like a panel, Corey. Yes or no? Uh, yes. Sim simplest. Yes or no? I mean, I think everything it, should it, be open source. All right, we'll get to the be. explanations. Ian. Yes. Open source. Yes. Yes. Ralph. Yeah, definitely. Alex. Yes. Steve, I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to say no on. That do you one. own Twitter stock, Steve? Is that yeah. why? <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, are you saying no specifically just for the, the sake of the panel or no because you've got what's your reason? I'm going to say <laughs> if Elon buys it and makes it a private company, it's his decision to do whatever he right, wants. He wouldn't to make do it open it. source. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you asked I'm saying whether... as a public company, though, I think it would make sense to make some of it. But again, it's competition, it's free market and things like that. Everybody can just copy it, make their own platform. So there's some trade law, patents, and all that kind of stuff that has to be taken into consideration. Hold on. Are we talking about the platform or the algorithm by which things get displayed because the danger that i was playing the other side of my head of open sourcing the algorithm of of how things get promoted to you and whatnot what was like the google seo hacking back and then mm -hmm. still goes on that now marketers are like oh we know how to get our stuff in yep. front of you without paying for promotion but but the whole code base no i you know i, I don't they, so. if they came out with like a decentralized yeah. Twitter that was open sourced. I mean, would you use it? Would it? I thought that was Mastodon. Is that not Mastodon? Well, I don't know. think it's open source. There, there's, there's probably something out there like that. I mean, I, th I think, you know, the reason why everyone uses Twitter because they don't really have to do anything, they just show up, right? I think it's one of the, I, I, this is an interesting topic to me because my gut feeling is that I think that public, the, the public, the general public, needs to have more awareness over what the capabilities and limitations of an mm. algorithm are and how they apply at scale. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure there are researchers out there right now that are like at colleges and universities that are doing algorithmic social media research. But when you're looking at that versus something like Twitter, which has been around forever, has had, you know, is a de facto news platform and has been for a long time, like the that I think people need to know the implications of what algorithms can do, what algorithms can't do, how mm -hmm. they work. I think the public in general needs more awareness of what that is. Um, I don't know if necessarily that this is the way to do that necessarily, but it is an interesting concept to think, you mm -hmm. know, if we all knew like, oh, well, this was promoted to me because I did right. this, because I did that. If you could actually walk through that, the real you know, the journalistic win here would be similar to the Panama Papers or Cinema, like having an interactive thing where you could go into the Twitter algorithm data set and look at why you clicked this, then you like look at your account specifically, trace back your actions. I think that would be like an amazing, you know, kind of an interesting study to, for people to do and to raise mm -hmm. awareness over like, so on one hand, I think that, but on the other hand, I think people are aware of how the algorithm works because everyone has had the experience where they're like, I was talking about fudge. Now I'm getting all these fudge ads. This is really weird. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's had that experience. So everyone My at least said, listening. It's a fact. Yeah, and I guess like people overestimating the capabilities of algorithms, probably not bad. Like people being like, they know everything. Like that's probably how it should be. They probably, people yeah. should probably assume they know everything, but yeah, that's interesting. So would opt in to parts of the algorithm help there? Like if you knew like, hey, or they sectioned it off. All right, this is the advertising part of the algorithm. So we target the ads. What if I wanted to opt in more towards, I don't know, hair care? Like I need hair right. care. But like, yeah. you know, whatever. I, I, it, Could you opt into parts of that that would then provide it a service that you like? I think maybe, it'd be funny because I think... Random stuff? 
I think people would pick stuff that they don't like that they think they do, <laughs> like, which is like the, which is like the whole point of the algorithm is to like I'll tell you what you like. Like, sure. yeah. so I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think th if it went open source, the research, like, I would really enjoy reading all the research papers that would come out of that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, as far as is it going to happen? Hell no, it's not going to happen. Well, that's their entire yeah. brand. That's like yeah, that's literally, the yeah, that's the companies, like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like anyone who Elon. You Elon know. said it was worth forty-two billion. That's what that's he, worth. This is that's like that's like Elon saying I thought about lighting a stack of cash on fire, approximately forty-two billion dollars worth. Like he would <laughs> if he did purchase it, he would never open source it. It would ne like that is just a pipe dream by someone who thinks that going to space is the only thing left to do on the world. Like so, I mean, I I, I don't know. I I think that like that. The concept of it is very interesting, but in real in the real world terms, it's not going to happen. It's yeah. also you know the offer was rejected, so it's actually also not going to happen. But mm. it wasn't yeah, enough money. I was asking about the algorithm originally because that's that's the bread and butter. How you get promoted tweets, how you get promoted ads, whatnot. I mean, that's that's how the company makes money. That's it. Yeah, I, I tell my students in my classes, never break the machine that makes money. You can do anything in security. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you break the machine that makes yeah. money, that's, that's yeah. the problem. Twitter's value would go to zero. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's basically, I mean, it also, I, I do really think that like, you don't, you probably don't understand, no one really understands. That's the cool thing about an algorithm. Even no matter how many researchers and whoever, if it's open source and people dig into it, there's, I mean, no one really understands how to turn no one the understands knobs. the cloud no no, no one man. understands i mean the whole point of the algorithms is they're designed to be like opaque in some way if you can just go on twitter and say i only want tweets from this person and it's just an rss feed not twitter so yeah. like it has to be you know that like novel nature of it is a feat it's like built in it has to be that way so. What about the algorithms for Cyberdyne systems? Do we need to know those? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> don't worry. We already have a guy. He's on it. Yeah, I've, we, got it. We, got we have a guy, guy on that. He's going back in time. All right. Well, with that, was there any other articles? We are right at the end here, guys. Now that we've uh, I mean, there was more. Elon but... Musk is going to oh. not um, buy Twitter. So He's, buying, he's buying Black Hills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Please no. I think John John's really pissed off right now and he doesn't know why. Yes. Yeah. He's like angry. He's like, I'm so angry. God, something why. just happened in the universe. I got this something force feeling. Why are my Steve ears just burning. screwed me? It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's taken a lot of boxes for him because it's like there's somebody talking about my company and yeah, uh, capitalism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Forty-two billion. That might be a good deal. Yeah, that uh, might, <laughs> that might buy a... <laughs> But then we'd have to take over operations for Twitter, which would be really that'd <laughs> be really complicated. It'd uh, be all it'd be all Florida man posts. Yes, yes. It'd just Something be pure tells gator. me. <laughs> all gators something tells me that the uh that the twitter like janitorial department is bigger than black hills in, in both value and number of employees <laughs> 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 like i mean dude they're a big fish
Oh gosh. Plus they banned Trump. That's the, that's that's the other fun thing. Is like oh. if you think about start messing with the algorithm, okay, well now you're messing with like the decisions that they've made that are integrated <laughs> into the algorithm. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like oh. all right. How, well, yeah. with that, now that we've made John angry and he doesn't know why, let's uh let's go ahead and kick this one off for today. We will uh well thanks everybody for uh joining the show. Uh thanks Ian for jumping on. Thanks, Alex, for mm-hmm. jumping in here. Steve, Corey, and we are going to be gone for the next Two weeks, actually, two weeks. we got two weeks. Way West is coming up uh, in two weeks, exactly. And um, next week, we are taking a break. So thanks, everyone, for joining. We will do and a live will... episode from uh, from Way West that's called the three-day podcast of our live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's called Way West. Yeah, it's called the come thing. to the it's called come to the con and there's just any black hills person at any time they're they're doing the podcast yeah there were the, my whole life is just that no but um <laughs> if you do get a chance definitely uh check out uh way west either in person i will be there it'd be amazing or online so um but we cool. will see you guys next time All right, see bye, you guys. in a month